This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail Cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm pretty good, Josh. A quick story for you. I don't know what kind of relationship you have with your boss. If your boss knows that you're a sports fan or if they themselves are a sports fan. Know that I'm a sports fan. Don't know that I have a fantasy Premier League podcast. <laughs> really? Wouldn't even know what that meant, I don't think. Now, my my boss, who you actually know, um, is a sports fan, and he knows I have a fantasy podcast. Mm-hmm. Turns out uh, one day this past week, I was alone in a meeting room with him and he just casually asked, so how's your team doing? I go off on this like five minute long tangent about all the ins and outs of my fantasy team. Oh no. (laughs) He has this peculiar look on his face and he's like, I was actually asking about like your team team, like the people who report to you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) That that was kind of embarrassing. Well, one because you know, as, as as a manager, you want to be responsible, particularly responsible for the people who reported to you. Second of all, like I can't just be going off on five minute tangents about fantasy teams. I didn't see like you go that long. Wow, I, I can't even hold on to this story for this many days. I, yeah, I, if that were me, I would have run back to my desk and texted you. Yeah, I, I could see his look kind of shifting from many different emotions while I was talking. He's not the sort of – he's always the type Polite. of guy that wants to see where things go. Yeah, exactly. Sure, exactly. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, I'm amazed. So, like, I mean, you're – oh, wow. I just – I'm amazed you can just, like, walk out of the room. Like, I'm going home early. I can't I can't deal with this anymore. I need to, like – I need to reset. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll yeah. be focused on work again. Yeah. Well, luckily, luckily, I can laugh those things off with sure. him. So, yeah. so it's fine. But, I, yeah, work workplace and fantasy teams it's it's a funny old it's a funny old thing truly yeah speaking of uh no there's no transition here speaking of nothing uh we had a nice weekend brandon we met up with a uh a longtime listener of the podcast uh, a, a new friend uh a guy named rick sito who was in uh in town for a wedding and uh and 
uh, met up with us at the Black Horse, which like we should be getting like money for how often we plug the Black Horse. But seriously, oh, if you if, yeah, if you're in Brooklyn uh, and you want to watch a game with us or without us, that's no offense. You'll probably be there, but no offense if, if you don't. Um, and uh, yeah, you got to go to the Black Horse, which is in uh, the Park Slope neighborhood. Uh, so he met up with us. And we watched a bunch of games together, and he was just a, a great guy. And we love any any time anybody uh, is in town. Please let us know. Um, because uh, it's an excuse for me to um, uh, get out of the house. Uh, and when you've got a 14-month-old baby, any excuse to get out of the house is one you will leap at. Yeah, uh, I second that. Rick was a tremendous guy to meet. After you and Rick left the Black Horse, Josh, I realized the guy I was sitting next to to my left, a huge Manchester United fan, very vocal during the Manchester United Arsenal match. And he says to me, I enjoyed watching the game next to you and your friends. You guys know what you're talking about, yada, yada, yada. I introduce myself. He says his name is Luke Dempsey. And I say, why do I know this name? And it turns out that the guy we were sitting next to is Luke Dempsey, author of the great book Soccer 101, a history of 101 clubs. Uh, oh, I have that book. I read that book. Wow. Yeah, that's, yeah that's exactly. I read, I read it too. So I have to heartily recommend Soccer 101. It's, it's, it covers every club from Ajax to, um, to Manchester United to uh, Barcelona, all the great clubs throughout, throughout history, 101 of them, a great bathroom book. It, it really is. I, I remember reading that actually at my, my bachelor party too. Uh, that was my <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, that's that's awesome. That's that's really cool. Um, so once again, this this bar that we advertise for free every week on the podcast <laughs> uh, is one that you should definitely go to. Uh, however, I'm, I'm glad that that Rick was there because it meant that I had to be on my best behavior uh, as much as I could be during a very miserable game week. Uh, it was rough for both of us. I'll, I'll go, yours is worse, so I'll go first and I'll just <laughs> my, I'll just get mine out of the way. Okay. Um, I, so I finished on. Uh, 36 points, which is um, one of my worst weeks of the season for sure. Uh, my game week rank is 4 million. So that gives you an idea of where things are. I dropped 25,000 overall uh, from I was around 20K. I'm at 45K now. So uh, not, not a, you know, not a humiliating fall by any means. But um, yeah, I just, I didn't have Eden Hazard. Um, Sterling didn't come through. Uh, Kane didn't come through. Ospilicueta, Kolasinac. I didn't get any clean sheets from any of my defenders. Fabianski really has to go as soon as possible. I can't. I can't deal with the Fabianski thing anymore. Uh, I mean, I, okay, that's not. T- he had a good week last week, and I know he's getting save points, and I'm not sure he's actually even going to get transferred out. Uh, but I do hate him. So let's just get on the record. <laughs> yeah, it's a tricky situation. We had this with Jordan Pickford last season, who yeah. was a keeper on you know Sunderland, a worst team in the division that got relegated. But he was a pretty good keeper for a lot of teams given all those save points and yeah Fabianski exactly. like you're saying depending on the week he'll come through yeah I mean he's home to West Brom next week I'm not dropping him now but it's just yeah it's just like every time I want to to do it I I can't I mean uh so anyway the the upside is I I did hold my transfer uh so I've got two transfers going into next game week I think that Eden Hazard has to be the move uh but just by sheer chance he was he was rising and I thought you know what I want to wait a couple days I want to see at least how the Man City game plays out uh, you know, Guerrero is always an injury risk, so we'll see. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like maybe people get injured, uh, and then my Jesus uh, pick will be you know justified. Uh, 
doesn't get injured, just starts again amazingly. <laughs> um, you know, eighth week in a row or whatever it is. I mean, kind of confirming that Jesus is not a starter, right? That he's uh, mm-hmm. he's an occasional starter. He's a squad player. Uh, he's like he's like Alex Oxley Chamberlain, right? He'll like get a you know one out of every four games he's going to start. Yeah, it's a good uh, comparison. Yeah, and he does. I mean, obviously he's been getting points off the bench, but I mean, I got three points from him, like. Big whoop, you know, and <laughs> I mean, I've got three points, five points, four points, five points, one point, one point. Uh, I got eight points once from him, uh, you know, just in the last seven game weeks. So um, yeah, nothing. I mean, this is not worth ten point four million. I mean, not not when that exact same money would buy you Eden Hazard. So now I have to figure out how to do it. Um, Heroes point one, which which was fine, but I didn't realize that Chopa Modine was going to drop as well. Um, and I, I, the plan is to go from Hazard to Chopa, so I kind of actually probably would have made a transfer yesterday if I'd realized that. So uh, my options are a little more limited now. Yeah, I got a, I had maybe five point five to six million to spend uh, on that forward. I actually might end up with Dominic Calvert Lewin of all people. This, oh, this, here he comes! Yep your 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 art uh, your art school project uh, that suddenly is a uh, a valuable um i'm picasso all of a sudden yeah your top scorer this game week um i'll get to that in a second uh sorry i don't mean to i'm just kidding of course but uh it was uh yes i might, I might bring him in but i, I think keaton is looks like uh you know a player that you really really need and they play west ham at home next game week so it's uh it's it's or west ham away i guess but you know same same difference really um yeah. So I, that's, that's where I'm looking. We'll see if it actually happens. So 36 points, um, you know, just it's funny because when I was talking to when we talked to Rick yesterday, he was talking about how he doesn't really think about overall rank too much. And um, I don't think I really did either before the podcast started. I mean, it's, it's a good like measure of like total just like where you are, you know, like mm-hmm. overall, obviously. Um, yeah. But the mini league is what I've always cared about and just for whatever reason we have this mini league about 20 people none of us have eaten as our so all of you know it was, it was kind of i basically just treaded water um as as did you uh so hey, how was your game week well as you say i did worse than you but somehow finished with the higher game week rank uh, 3.6 million and i finished on 39 points but here i have a minus eight transfer penalty so um I, could, I, I took you through through the transfer saga when I saw you on Saturday, but for the listeners' benefit, I I was chasing price rises since game week, the midweek fixtures, game week fourteen. Yeah, really Losses starting cheap. in game week five or so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So Loftus Cheek comes in for Tom Carroll, caught the price rise there, and that was my one free transfer. And then Mo Salah within twenty minutes, that whole shenanigans happened right and uh almost solely based on a rage transfer but also uh, full in the knowledge that um i was gonna lose my opportunity to get Salah, given how much i had on the bank if i didn't just jump on him with um with transfer hits so mo Salah comes in for erickson and i had to drop nathan ake in my defense and i brought in tarkovsky so now i am doubled up on Burnley defense uh, that didn't pan out because of that that uh, sort of fluky goal but it's it's hard to call it that because the buildup was there obviously sure I mean it's yeah exactly it's, it's actually very similar to the um the the um Newcastle goal. goal but no I was gonna say the Newcastle goal in the um the Chelsea match too was kind of a um shot that just deflected right into another player's path yeah yeah right. yeah so, yeah, 39 points, minus eight. Uh, I 
this was kind of a I kind of laughed off this week because the the primary goal was to get Muhammad Muhammad Salah in and to just stop hemorrhaging overall rank and points for not having him. Now, of course, the whole world has moved on to Eden Hazard at this point, <laughs> right? Uh, um, but yeah, and I I benched Calvert Lewin in favor of Loftus Cheek and Richarlson, and uh, as you mentioned, that cost me. Big. I I had some hope that maybe Sané was going to get benched against West Ham today for fear of him picking up another yellow card ahead of the Manchester derby. Yeah, and I, I was I was really hoping that was going to happen. Sure, obviously. Uh, but uh, basically, the only good thing that happened to me on Sunday was De Bruyne picking up an assist after he got a yellow card. Yeah, oh, the yellow card I got for Jesus. I uh, that was I was pretty like that was like really iced on the cake. Like that was there was some cursing involved when that yellow card <laughs> came. It was just like, come on, like one more thing, you know? It's just annoying. Yeah, I, I guess I should mention the one thing that really bonded me to my new friend Luke Dempsey is David De Gea. Anytime he he was save upon save upon double save, I was cheering these like they were goals being scored. Right, right. And I have never seen a goalkeeper accumulate so many points in such a short span of time. Uh, it, <laughs> yeah. He was he was making three saves like in, in one fell swoop, and to get eight points on a GK having let in a goal, losing a clean sheet is really phenomenal. I think we have a few questions about David De Gea later in the pod. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we do. Um, so, you know, it was it wasn't a great week for a lot of people out there. It was really um, it was one of those it was one of those weeks where if you know, there are certain weeks when uh, your captain does really well and everyone else, every, you know, everyone else's captain does well, too. And, you know, you might still see some green arrows, but, you know, you're not going to, like, jump past a lot of people. And this was a game week where if you captained Eden Hazard, you you had 40, uh, you know, and many of them have Murata as well. So you were on something like 40 points. Going into the rest of the fixtures, I couldn't even get to 40 points with all of my players combined. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was really it was a week to, to climb up if you if you made the right captain choice. And I I, I love that. I mean, I, this is why um, I do think there's a lot of value in not making the most obvious. I mean, OK, let's face it. I mean, if you if you had Hazard, he was a great captain choice this week. I mean, he was he was rested at midweek. Uh, you know, he was going to start if he was in my squad. I think I would have captured him, too. But um yeah, so good, good on you if you had them, and um, I think I'm I'm gonna try to join you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have a few announcements to make here before we get any further, right, Josh? Two announcements this week, Brandon. Uh, first one is we've been trying to think of something cool to do for our Patreon supporters. Uh, it's December, which means this is Pledge Drive Month. I've just decided that's what this month is. Uh, so if you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating. You get into our uh, our, our private league. Uh, we're going to start a second half league, right? So the slate's going to reset in game week 20, uh, brand new league. Uh, and if you win the uh, Patreon supporter league, you get to be on the podcast. Uh, we also have pins uh, for Patreon supporters at um, at the highest level. Um, and for Patreon supporters at the $3 level and the $5 level, you are now uh, invited to the Always Cheating Slack. We have been talking about creating a Slack for a long time, uh, and we finally pulled the trigger on doing it. Uh, slack is basically a uh, private it's – it's a message board, and it's a – it's a place just it's really like a chat thread more than anything else and there's various channels uh, there's one for for game week talk there's one for strategy 
there's one for ranting and raving. There's one with uh, with different podcast information. You can ask questions for the Always Cheating Podcast. Um, so it's all there. It's just a nice, it's a tighter community. It's just a way for you to, to talk with other supporters. Um, I mean, basically, if, if you if you are giving money to a podcast, uh, you're probably a pretty hardcore uh, fantasy player. And so uh, we just we rolled it out kind of quietly to um, to the people who are already patrons uh, on Friday, and uh, the thread's already been fantastic. It's really cool. So uh, always cheating. Doc, or, excuse me, patreon.com slash always cheating is where you want to go. Um, and uh, yeah, so so check it out. And um, uh, if nothing else, uh, you can go oh. there and support the podcast. I'll just chime in and say really quick that the Slack channel is a great thing for people who listen to Always Cheating. There are are great communities out there like Twitter and Reddit where you can have FPL conversations. But I think if you're listening to Always Cheating, you're you're sort of part of a certain voice in that community. And the Slack thread is where you can really hone in on on some like-minded people who who will actually challenge your your FPL theories and wisdoms and and benefit your team to to a great degree. So it's I'm excited to see how it goes. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right, Josh, and the second announcement is we have a new weekly email newsletter. So uh everybody knows what email is. You get email, right, Josh? Sure, sure. Too many. <laughs> so this email is coming directly from me and Josh. We're going to write this every week. It's going to be really brief tips and tricks going straight into the weekend about what you, how you need to tweak your team, and we'll have some useful links. Uh, they could be FPL or non-FPL related, but I think what's going to be most fun, Josh, is, is as we enter into the new game week, we're going to release our starting 11 for Always Cheating. So we're going to go through and pick a special team of players that we ideally would have in our squads. And that'll be a fun thing to uh, generate discussion, maybe uh, sway you one way or another, depending on what transfers you're looking at making. So Cheat Codes, it's a weekly newsletter. It's starting this week. It's probably going to go out on Thursday or Friday. You can sign up by going to alwayscheating.com, and there is a space right there for you to just key in your email. Bam, you're good to go. And there, there's also a tab up at the top of alwayscheating.com that says newsletter. You can sign up there, too. Very easy. Great. Uh, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the Slack and the newsletter. We got a lot. Heard the, the Always Cheating Empire, Brandon. It's really starting to. Yeah. Oh, and I guess I should flag that the newsletter is free. Anyone can get it. You sure. do not have to be a patron of the podcast to get the newsletter that is free and it's for everyone. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But we'll, we will hand deliver the newsletter to patrons. No, oh, yeah. Whatever they that. want. Yeah. They get whatever they want. <laughs> uh, all right. Always cheating Super League. Brandon, let's run through this quickly. Um, I'm, I'm conscious. We, we need to get into the, the heart of the podcast here. Yeah, we do. All right. So uh, top 10, uh, dropping from number one from two weeks ago, Scott Powell's Enter Shakiri. Ninth place, Yosi G's Chicken Tikka Mo Salah. Eighth place, D-Boy, D-Boy United. Seventh place, moving up the ranks, Andre Bergstrom, Berg Berbashov. Sixth place, again, moving up, Magnus Westerstrand's team, Beautiful Creatures. And in fifth place, Dan Gross, Odeby Town FC. Dropping down this week uh, in fourth place, Nick Tudhope, Football Friends FC. Third place, uh, Danielle K, his team, Red Devils. And uh, in second place, moving up, it's Will C, my favorite team name for some odd reason. I'm not sure why. <laughs> 420 Fedora Fanatics. And a new number one after game week 15. It's Abdul Hussan, 
his team, Bob Fascio, game week point score of 65 and a total point haul of 940. Abdul has a current world ranking of 224. So well done, Abdul. That's right. And uh, Abdul is very active on the Slack channel, uh, posting a lot and uh, giving advice out there. So now I'm just making that up. But you should be, Abdul. <laughs> uh, jump on there uh, and check it out. Uh, we have uh, just one rant this week. It comes from Berkey. Uh, we have a lot of rants, but we kind of put them into the podcast itself. Uh, Berkey says, uh, what's the best way to delete one's FPL team? Uh, asking for a friend. Don't do it, Berkey. Resist the temptation. We've all thought about deleting our teams. I probably would have quit. Uh, not, not quit FBL in general, but I would have. There was a moment last season where if we didn't have the podcast, I might have just walked away. I was that, yeah. I was that disheartened. Yeah, Berkey, you know if you delete your team, give it like a few weeks and you're going to be coming back for more. I mean, this is not something that we can just leave. Yeah, exactly. No, it, you can't walk away. There was someone on one of our private uh, – we, we were part of this uh, transfer hub uh, Facebook group, and there was somebody on there who who like did like a long like why I'm quitting FPL thing. And then uh, the next day he like posted something else, like started a new thread. So it's, 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 it's a little bit like Alec Baldwin. He wrote a long essay in New York Magazine a couple of weeks ago, why I'm leaving New York. He, there were some scandalous headlines in the news about him, and he was like, screw it. I'm just getting out of here. Right. Alec Baldwin never left New York. <laughs> People see him around here quite frankly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, not leaving New York is the new why I'm leaving New York. <laughs> okay. All right, Josh, we have a lot to talk about. So uh, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back and take stock of where we are here after game week 15. All right, that sounds good. Uh, let's do it. Same old podcast, always cheating. All right, Brad, we're into part one of the uh, the podcast. We're taking stock. It's We're 15 weeks in. Uh, we're just about to go into, uh, I mean, it's really, it's already started, you know, just a, a very uh, mind-bendingly difficult uh, <laughs> <laughs> series of fixtures. Like, but within like a week or so, there's basically an FPL game like almost every day. It feels like it just, the game weeks never end uh, right up until... I think January second or the yeah. first one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot happening, um, and we actually we were lucky enough to meet up with uh, FPL Penguin, who is a really great guy and um, a great follow on Twitter too. If you're not following FPL Penguin already, uh, yeah, he runs the F hashtag FPL Zoo, which is just where all of the FPL animal. Twitter handles go to hang out, right, uh, right. Uh, which is a fun thing. But yeah, Mark, FBL Penguin, really cool guy. Glad yeah, to have met him. Totally, totally agree. Um, so when we, we were just sort of talking about the the season so far, and it got me thinking about uh, just sort of taking stock, you know, just taking five minutes or 10 minutes or uh, no no more than 10 minutes uh, to just look at where we are um, sort of the, you know, what's, what surprised us so far about this season and, um, you know what? Maybe what mistakes we've made, and then what we're like, what we're planning to do over the holiday fixtures. Like, what's you know? So what's what's sort of just looking over? I'm I'm, I'm looking at the you know just like the total scores uh, for various players in the league right now. Uh, you know, is there one player that you think has is really sort of surprised you more than anybody else? Uh, well, I think anyone who's been listening to our who listened to our preseason coverage knows that. I wasn't a huge fan of Mohamed Salah. I didn't think that he would really factor into many FPL teams. And, uh, you know, right away, that's that's like I got that wildly wrong. Like that was 100% wrong on my part. It's, <laughs> it, 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 I think it's 
I think people who pegged Salah as a great player coming out of Roma into the league was going to fit well into Liverpool. Even the people who expected him to perform at a high level, I don't think would have anticipated his goal scoring rate, just him basically surpassing Coutinho and Mane as the real the real linchpin in that attacking offense. Yeah, I think I think Salah's up there. I think the if you want to look the other way, I think uh, Harry Kane's very bizarre season uh, has to go up there too. I mean, he started off with with back to back one pointers to start the season. Um, has battled injuries, uh, has also had uh, four different matches where he's had braces. Um, and so he's he's on double thick. He's actually, you know, he scored 10 goals already this season, uh, which might be tops actually for, for all forwards <laughs> in the league. It's like the, the most underwhelming 10 goals of any player ever. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, let's see, he's on, he's on 10. I think Murata and Aguero are on 9. Uh, Lukaku's on eight. Uh, I said early on in the podcast that, or like, you know, I think in game week one, I was like, Lukaku's going to score 40 goals this year. I was like, so, I was just so convinced that Lukaku was just going to like absolutely annihilate teams at Man United. And uh, it turns out it's pretty much the same Lukaku, which is uh, a player (laughs) who disappears in big matches, uh, goes on long stretches where he can't score, uh, is absolutely unstoppable when playing terrible teams. Uh, but even that seems a little muted right now. Like it's, we're in a run where it's, let's see, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So he's one goal in, um, one goal in this last eight matches. Uh, at least that's, that's matches in the premier league. Um, he's picked up three assists during that time. So the assists have kind of balanced things out a little bit. Uh, but I, I, do you blame Lukaku or do you blame Man United's midfield? I blame Lukaku. I mean, we, we talk about the eye test and, and how Lukaku rates there all the time and you know it's it's no widely it's it's no controversial opinion to say look I just doesn't look very good out there he can't he is unable to create his own shot he's just highly reliant on people getting that ball right to his feet when his body is in the right position yeah. to shoot and he's really struggling there i i guess i can blame a little bit of the uh the chemistry in the midfield at Manchester United if Pogba isn't in the midfield they really struggle to produce anything and I think you saw his value against Arsenal tenfold where he was um he was really moving the ball around and and he was you you find yourself in a game where Jesse Lingard is scoring a brace right that's probably not going to happen with Pogba now out on on a straight red card yeah that's the the Pogba thing is uh is kind of depressed. Like if you just like watching the game, like if you don't have any sort of fantasy interest in the game, I mean, right before the Man City, the Manchester Derby too, which is just so disappointing. Just really, yeah, it is. As a Pogba, yeah, Pogba has been a, a pleasant surprise this season when he's been playing with the injury and now the red card. We're we're missing out, but he takes he clearly takes that Manchester United team to another level. Where then you look at. My biggest surprise team-wise, you touched on this with Harry Kane, is uh, that midfield there is just really, really struggling. And I don't, I don't think we even need to talk about the, the Wembley issue, but Spurs have just decimated our FPL teams um, in, in every way. I mean, Eric, Christian Eriksen has somewhat, probably has cost me, you know, 30 40 points at this point given the transfers that i probably should have been making while i held on to him and 
it's just been shocking to see that that decline with Spurs, where they were at the end of last season and where they are now. It's just it's it's unexplainable. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that the um, I, I think the Wembley thing has to be a big factor um, because. I mean, you know, this this same Spurs squad with very little. Sh- I mean, it could be the fact that they kept things really static, right? I mean, they didn't bring in almost anybody, right? I mean, is that is that eleven any different than it was last year? It's pretty much yeah, identical. And, uh, like Davidson Sanchez has yeah, has been an interesting, right. ad- yeah, he's been an interesting addition, and I I just don't think that three in the back is working for them right now, and they, yeah. they miss another body in the midfield. Uh, yes. Last season they. Yeah. Had a great player in Victor Wanyama. Him and Eric Dyer were just busting up every single play, which was freeing up um, Kane and Delhi to be more attack focused. And yeah. there's there's nothing like that right now. Yeah, if you have a, if you have a Spurs defender, it's it's time to get out. It's not uh, it's it's not worth even someone like Trip. I mean, well, you know, it's funny because I mean, they, they the problem is you, the who would you have if you had one of their defenders, right? I mean, they've got Stoke and Brighton in their next two matches, but. The the fullbacks have been getting rotated in almost every single fixture, right? So, yeah. mm-hmm. so you know, okay, great. You have Trippier for either Stoke or Brighton. Those are both good, but that means you've got to rest. One of those guys is going to get rested um, in either game week 16 or 17, right? And so you're leaving someone who's almost $6 million on the bench. Um, and I guess you can do that if you – but the defense hasn't been you know performing anyway. So it's not like – I mean, just without Tilbury Alderweireld, that defense is just not as, as strong as it – um, Could it be time for Cameron Carter Vickers? Is he out on loan right now? I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, should, I should be following the Americans more than I, more than I am. I, one thing I'll note is just with the defenders, it's interesting to look at the top. The top six defenders now are all five point five million or or more, um, and the expensive defenders. It's, they sort of, you know, we are where we thought we'd be now, right? I mean, you've got Valencia, Aspilicueta, uh, Klosnik, who everyone thought would be a great FPL asset, and it's definitely turned out to be one. Um, Marcus Alonso, Nacho Monreal, Nicolas Otamendi. I mean, you know, Kyle Walker is down there at eighth. I mean, this is pretty much the top six that you would guess, right? I yeah, mean, I think people would have actually expected Kyle Walker to be farther up that list, given how yeah. much of an attacking threat he presented with Spurs last season. Right, and he's not that far off. It's the red card and the missed game that really that move him down. I think a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, an, uh, other surprises would be uh, Watford really, uh, really being elevated by Marco Silva's um, management. Marco yep. Silva, did I get that right? I think so. Yep, I think so. <laughs> and, yeah, and and the the promoted clubs, Brighton and Huddersfield. I mean, Huddersfield is is wobbling a bit right now, and Brighton getting tonked by Liverpool kind of it, it doesn't fully reset the Brighton narrative for me. And yeah. I think everyone is kind of expecting Brighton to taper off here as we as we get into this fixture pile up. Yeah. But Brighton have been at times fun to watch. Yeah, and I, I agree. I mean, there's just there, there are a lot of interesting FPL options that are coming out of these promoted squads. Uh, maybe Huddersfield less and less, uh, but but certainly certainly the other two squads. And you know, I'm just thinking. Um, there's a, there's a question here from well even Newcastle is it's really Brighton I think we're excited about Brighton players <laughs> and the other two are are sort of um, are in, there are some interesting players there but it's it's Aaron Moy I guess is still kind of, he hit a moment well shout out to Shane Duffy who came away with an assist I mean he's it's night and day with Duffy and Dunk right 
yeah. Dunk is just kidding, uh, destroyed on own, repeated own goals. And Duffy still manages to escape that Liverpool game with three points on that sort of mysterious Jordan Henderson foul on the box. Dunk on three on goals has to be the most surprising thing <laughs> this season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no bigger surprise this FPL season than, than dunk, <laughs> dunk on three OGs. So there's a question here, um, and we're going to move on in a second, but there's a question here from uh, Wayne Walsh who says, uh, why can't I get my captain choice right? And I think it really gets at what kind of season we're having so far, which is, the, the FPL game is not like it's 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 not like other leagues. I mean, we I know we have people who listen who do who do draft and draft has its own its own challenges and its own um, its own elements of strategy. But, you know, having a game where you can own the same players, as everybody else is just it, it creates a lot of difficult choices, you know, and there's you're sort of you're playing against the world in a way. And <laughs> yes. And in most seasons, you things start to like like we you know we talked a little bit last week about what, is there a template team forming and there in my opinion there still isn't really I mean okay there are certain players who many of us own uh, but even within that I mean I feel like you know you and I have six or seven different players I mean yeah you probably need to have Mo Salah um, you should probably have Richarlison uh, it would be smart to have David De Gea um, if you can afford Eden Nazar, you should probably bring him in you might need Alba yeah. Morata like there are certain players but it's not like you know in other years where it's basically You've got a Captain Aguero every single game week, you know, just just in case because he's so so far and away the most explosive player. Or you know, Harry Kane is on a run where he's got you know three hat tricks in his last five matches, and you just have I don't know if he's ever even done that, but like you know, just some like crazy run, um, and he has to be your option. And I feel like this this week or this season, almost every week there are four or five different totally valid options. Yeah, yeah. There's more parity than there is. There's not necessarily parity in the Premier League right now, but yeah. As far as our FPL lineups are concerned, I, I agree. Every week there's a, a really tough decision to make. I love it. I think it's great. I mean, I, I'm having a, a good season, which I think does help with that for sure. But I, you know, even last year, I, I don't know. I just my complaint last year was that it felt very samey. I, I just love how. You know, it's it's just like you have to embrace the luck element of this, right? Like it's it's luck. It's a huge. We talked about this yesterday with Rick Cito a little bit. You know, you have to just accept that you have to get a little lucky here, and it's like it's like playing any kind of game that involves it's it's gambling a little bit, you know. And you just have to you have to hope that fortune smiles on you a little bit, and um, or or find a way to even the stakes out. Like you know, find like a. You know, set up a head-to-head league with a friend that just starts yeah. in game week fifteen. You know, like or sixteen or whatever. Like, just find some other way to play the game and don't worry so much about overall rank. Um, or start a little mini league of four people that starts, you know, the second half of the season. Um, just find a different way to play if you're getting super frustrated. Had you told me going into game week fifteen that my team would hinge upon whether or not I played Dominic Calvert Lewin, uh, I'd laugh. <laughs> right, exactly. But, but but here I am. Here I am. I, I could have had a green arrow if I if I put the the much much maligned striker up there. But uh, so it is. It does come down to luck a luck a bit. I mean, players like Richarlison, Loftus Cheek, for me, you know, end up with four points. Uh, 12 there on my bench. I think if if there's one player that you think you're going to have throughout the rest of the season, you know, barring any injuries, who would that player be? Uh, David De Gea. Players, David De Gea for sure. Um, and he's been in my squad since game week one. I think it's really – it's tricky to talk about De Gea given 
that he's now up to 5.8. There are other right. keepers that are in that discussion, whether it's Nick Pope or uh, Thibaut Courtois, who's 5.4, I think, or even after a price rise, he's still perhaps an uneven playing with uh, with David De Gea, who's 5.8 now. Uh, but I'll, there's no way I'm getting rid of him. <clears throat> I mean, we were we were talking a bit about Kevin De Bruyne yesterday, and you saw him as a problem in my squad. And I've he, that's another player that I kind of stuck with him through that tough run at the start of the season, where he was he was playing very deep. He was not he got no attacking returns, and now he's he's the second highest point getter in the game. And uh, you know he, he's. He lacks where a player like Eden Hazard is on penalties, and he does play farther forward. But um, I think De Bruyne has three blanks in the last uh, nine or ten game weeks that he's going to be a tough one for me to get rid of, for better or worse. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Uh, yeah, and Mo Salah is the only player. I it's, just, it's, hard to, it's hard for me to imagine dropping Mo Salah at any point the rest of the season. Uh, just because of his, because of how hard he works, because of how aggressive he is, um, because he's still relatively affordable, right? I mean, even now, I think he's only up to nine point nine million. It's, it's, it's a very, it's a very fair price uh, for his returns. I mean, he's you know far and away the top point getter so far this season. So, all right, that brings us to to part two of our our fifteen week season review, which is uh, who's worth their price. And I've grouped it up into two categories. Uh, one is expensive guys, and one is value guys. All right. So it's very it's very official, very formal. Uh, foggy, uh-huh. foggy football says, um, "Don't talk about Eden too much." I'm quite enjoying having him on my team with his ridiculously low ownership. Eden Hazard, Brandon, uh, still only around ten percent owned right now. Uh, are you are you going to try to bring him in? I mean, do, he's ten point eight million. So is he is he worth the money? I mean, he's very expensive. Yeah, well, going back to what I was saying about De Bruyne, that would be the move for me. Like, that's how I fit Hazard into my squad. I turn Sané into Raheem Sterling, and then Sterling is my Manchester City coverage, and De Bruyne becomes Hazard. And that seems to be the most logical move, uh, but... I'm still coming to grips with, you know, like long, a, a long history of Eden Hazard. He's he's yeah. always been a great player, but as far as owning him in FPL, he can really kill you be because he can go quiet for, for weeks. Uh, I mean, it's hard to argue with his form right now, and the fixtures are really there for Chelsea. Yeah, uh, th- and this is the week where I, I just decided I'm going to ride it out with Sterling. Uh, Sterling's my guy on Manchester City, and he might be the only player that I have in the, in, from that team in my squad throughout the holidays. Uh, yeah, he really he really swept Sané aside in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, to you know, and I I was really I I even I I won't pretend that I didn't. I really debated. Uh, dropping Sterling for Sané at midweek, and um, I ultimately didn't. It just it, def- it felt like too much of a lateral move. Uh, it didn't it didn't seem like it was necessarily going to pan out. Uh, but then you know Sané doesn't make the eighteen. Sterling gets gold in the ninety fifth minute. Um, I mean it's it's you know it's two game weeks ago, so it already feels like it's like you know distant history. But uh, it was amazing, and you know to pick up nine points from him to pick it up thirteen uh, in game week thirteen, it was. Um, you know, you, you can put up with a lot if he's if he's going to be that attacking. I mean, he actually, you know, he could have scored today too. He couldn't couldn't quite get the ball out of his feet. Uh, yeah, you know, late in the second half, and um, you know that would have been his fourth consecutive game winner in a match. 
Uh, there's so, a midfield. There's a midfield there in that Manchester City squad that seems pretty nailed on right now. Yeah. The ro- the the real rotation we're dealing with is between Aguero and Jesus. Said. Yeah. It's like Sterling. Sterling in particular. Every every time you think he's going to get rested, he's not. Exactly. And you know, I was talking to. Um, I don't mean to like throw another Slack uh, ad, ad in here or whatever you want to call it promo. Uh, but I was talking to uh, our friend Dave Wagner Lodal on the Slack about this, and you know he, he did point out that Sterling has been rested a lot already this season. Um, you know there were two two full game makes that he didn't play. Um, he's come off the bench uh, two different times. He was subbed early in a few different matches, so um, maybe he was just resting him for this run of fixtures. And maybe maybe the pep rotation is not always about rest and in some ways it's really about form and when a player is in form like sterling has been um he's just he's, he kind of earns that spot until he falls out of form yeah so you're you're definitely going going for hazard in the in well, the next game week it seems likely it does seem like i've got two transfers i i, I would be easy to move chopa moding into a five million. Basically, do I think that you know a combination of Hazard and a five point something million forward is better than what I have right now, which is Jesus and Chepa Modine? Um, and I just find it hard to think. I mean, especially because Eden Hazard is a player that I would consider captaining, you know, in several of the next few game weeks. Um, so that being a factor, I just it just makes a lot of sense, and I wouldn't I wouldn't have to burn any points to do it. Um, that is real dirty pool. If you go out there and try and neutralize my dominant Calvert Lewin pick, <laughs> it, is, it is very dirty pool. Uh, he's very tempting. You know, he actually just he rose in price as we were doing this podcast, much to my much to my annoyance. So I'm just I'm sitting on my hands. I'm just losing so much value. Uh, but I, I could do that. I mean, the, you know, the problem is if I if I make that move, and I don't want to make this too much about my own team, but if I make that move, um, I'd have something like five point seven million to spend on a on a forward. So my options are limited. Uh, and if I yeah. think if I think the DCL is actually going to continue to start for them, which on the basis of recent performances, he will, right? I mean, he looked, I think, what a, yeah, it's a huge boom, uh, boom, boom for DCL that in, um, big Sam's first match, he starts him. That right. is that you could read that as big Sam just doesn't want to start making changes. Having not been with the team for very long, but I'd say that performance under new management is a great sign for DCL. Yeah, exactly. And he picks up a goal and an assist in that start. Uh, certainly, he seems like the player you'd want over over Nias. Didn't even make the uh, make the squad. And you know, Nias is uh, Nias and Sandro. I mean, those don't necessarily seem like Big Sam players. Uh, just saying, you know, they're not <laughs> not English. You know, I don't know. So um, <laughs> it's. <laughs> All right. Next question in the uh, are they worth the price uh, bracket, uh, the expensive guy bracket is uh, Harry Kane. A bunch of different questions here. Uh, one from from Silva on the Slack. He says, "Can we finally drop Kane now? Uh, what are the arguments for keeping and selling uh, Adrian SK uh, SGK one, Gabriel Castellanos, and Todd Dewitt all had uh, similar questions about Kane? What do you think, Brandon? You've got Kane. Is there, are you even contemplating dropping Kane? Yeah, uh, it's hard to frame this." discussion without making it about fear and the fear of what Kane will do the moment you drop him and we know what he's capable of. How about fixtures too? Because Stoke and Brighton in the next two matches are are not 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 too shabby. For for a team that's already qualified for the Champions League has no reason to play him at midweek. Yeah, uh, yeah it's it's pretty tempting. 
The one thing that does worry me about Kane most of all is his number of shots, shots in the box too. He, despite his performance or despite his goal scoring record, he usually always appears in the top five shots um, in a particular game week. And he's nowhere to be seen in the top five. Yeah. I mean, Hazard had nine shots uh, in yeah. game week 15, which is sensational. But All right, here's, uh, here's a question for you. Kane, okay. 12.8 million, 37.6% owned right now, uh, plays Stoke at home in game week 16. How likely are you to captain Kane in game week 16 at home to Stoke? We have like gone. We have we've gone all the way around with the Kane captaincy, right? <laughs> right? We went. We 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 at the starting point of like great fixture. Harry Kane, uh, no brainer, captain him. Right. Then he he doesn't perform, so we get to the gambler's fallacy point of cap captaining Kane because well he's finally got to come good. Then we got to the point where, <laughs> well, I guess. I don't even know what that point. It was like a there was there was a really dark point at some point. <laughs> yeah, and then we got to but then we got to this period where like I he think was, we're he's injured and sad was really what was going. <laughs> yeah. So I think we're just coming out of this point where everyone was like, "No, you know what? Despite all of the recent history with Kane, he's still the best striker." And logic says captain him. We are now. I think we're now entering the Kane epoch in which. You just can't captain him. All right, so you got your squad right now. I'm I'm looking at my squad for for game week 16. Is it 15 or 16? It's 16, right? 16. Yeah. yeah. For game week 16, who is you know no no cheating? Who is your captain right now in your squad? Sure, our bus team. My bus team right now. I've got the armband on Mo Salah. I do too. That uh, Merseyside derby. Liverpool's just steamroll Everton uh, in in these matches the last few seasons, and I like that. Yeah, I have it on Mosal as well. Uh, I guess it might it might move to Eden Hazard if I if I end up bringing him in. Uh, but yeah, Kane is like third, which is amazing because for a thirteen million striker at home to a defense that is quite awful, right? I think we we can we can both agree that um, the Stoke defense is one of the, like the five worst in the league. Five worst, like three worst. It's like it's in the top. It's in the top three worst defenses. Yeah, it is a cobbled together defense. <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. some there's some class players in there like Butland and and Zuma, but it's, sure, it's, sure, but, but yeah, exactly. Like, like yeah. Island of Misfit Toys has been Stokes' method for the last. few Yeah, seasons. the problem is outside of Butland and Zuma, you've got like Ryan Chakras, who like his best years were five years ago uh, when he was like total beating, total beating total from Lord of the Rings. That guy, yeah. Exactly. I mean, Peters, who has a big drop off from last season. Kevin Wimmer, who's been pretty disappointing, I think. Uh, I mean, Glenn Johnson doesn't even play. You know, he's like 35. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Cameron's injured. Brennan Martin's Indies is injured. I mean, it's just it's a it's an ugly situation right now. So, I mean, it's it's a you know it's a cobbled together defense playing the best striker in the Premier League, and neither of us are even thinking about captaining him. All that said, I'm not planning to drop him. Uh, you know, I'm just going to ride it out, and I hope it doesn't come back to totally haunt me. Well, the, the the thing here to say is that there's no one that you would replace Kane with. What you would do is you'd replace Kane with. I mean, you've got you've got guys like Lacazette or the the rotation kings Aguero and Jesus. I assume everyone already has Alvaro Morata, but. Um, there's just no one to replace Kane with who's or Lukaku, I should also mention. None of these guys are consistently performing to the point where they're clear front runners above Kane. And if you get rid of Kane and you decide you're going to go like a Roberto Firmino 
route, you're going to spread that money elsewhere in your team. And then when Kane finally starts coming good, which we assume he will, right? You're never, you're not going to be able to get him. Yeah, and let's let's also put aside the idea that he is having a hugely disappointing season. I mean, as we said a moment ago, he is on ten goals this year. He's he's the he's the top in terms of actual goals. He's the top goal scorer in the. Uh, uh, in the game, uh, in the, in the forward line, excuse me. Um, uh, Salah has more goals than him. Uh, he's only one point behind Alfaro Morata for overall leaders in the forward ranks. Uh, it's not like he's like, it's not like he's playing like, you know, Tammy Abraham level disappointing. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, the bar is obviously higher because of his price. I mean, if you were even 10.5 million, you wouldn't even consider, uh, dropping him. It's just that, that 12.8, it's, it's just, you could see how it would improve your team comprehensively. Uh, yeah. but I, I, all that said, I'm, you know, especially because, I mean, if they weren't playing Stoke and Brighton back to back, maybe I'd consider it if they were, you know, but they kind of got through a, their tough run of fixtures, right? I mean, they, they had to play, you know, Liverpool, Man United, uh, Leicester away, which is not an easy fixture, Arsenal away, um, you know, um, even Watford away is not an easy fixture right now, given how, how Watford are playing. So, uh, you know, now, now is the time if you've waited out with Kane, now you've got, you've got Stoke, you've got Brighton. Um, Man City in game week 18, but I mean, Man City have conceded a goal, you know, seemingly every week. I know they've, I know they've, they've kept a few clean sheets. Uh, Burnley, Southampton, West Ham, Swansea. I mean, it's a, it's a great run all the way through, um, January 2nd, you know, with the exception of the Man City game. So, uh, I'm not yeah. dropping. Yet, yet another footnote as well. They had Spurs haven't received a single penalty call all season. And this is, is right? a, wow. yeah. Totally different conversation, I would I would assume, if they have had one or two penalties, which Kane is taking and presumably scoring, and you know his goal record and his FPL game week record is looking a little bit different, and it's it's kind of it's kind of nuts that they haven't had a penalty yet this season. Yeah, and and Paul Rookie was was asking about Jesus, and he said, you know, what I would would be better to just swap Kane to Murata and and hold on to Jesus. Um, and then upgrade Aaron uh, Gross to Ramsey. We haven't talked about Aaron Ramsey nearly enough on this podcast, by the way. He's having a, a great under-the-radar season, and maybe it's not under-the-radar anymore. It, it, we haven't talked about him too much on the podcast. I feel like game week 15 is the week that Ramsey finally broke uh, Such a, in, in terms of into our into our thinking. Yeah, that, that assist for Verluck. It was the only way to, to beat De Gea was like, like a moment of real genius for, for Aaron Ramsey. Um, yeah, Jesus, I, I just don't think he's a player you want in your squad right now. It's just, uh, um, I mean, he has been delivering the attacking points, but he's not, he's not getting bonus and it's just, it's hard for him to play long enough to get multiple attacking returns. You know, it's, it's, it's great that I've been able to pick up some goals and assists from him, but you know, I'm getting, I'm getting goals and assists in 30 minutes of time, you know, or 45 minutes yeah. today. I mean, you know, if he'd played the full 90 today, I feel very confident he would have picked up a, another assist or a goal or something. Um, but just given that he's not playing often enough, it's just, it's just not worth it. And, um, you know, I, I just see where that money could go and yeah. I, mean, I could buy someone more consistent. Yeah, and the money leads us to the question of formation, and I think Jesus relies heavily on your FPL formation, and I think we've all now, like, and you're just about to do this, Josh, move away from the three up front. Right. And 
Jesus only really works in my mind as a third striker. And of course, it seems absurd that you have a 10.5 million third striker. Right. That's where we were earlier in the season. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if you're if you're playing two up front and a budget striker, there's no room for somebody who's getting rotated like that because, yeah. you know, we were just talking about Kane and 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 there are others that are more consistent at the same price yeah. tag. I like Jesus a lot. I like watching him play. Uh, I just, you know, it, it's unfortunate for him that one of the world's best strikers happens to play in the same team as him. And um, it's, they don't, they don't really complement each other super well. Um, I know that they, they, they have played together at times and Pep, Pep doesn't feel like they do at least. I know Jesus played as a winger at midweek and he looked okay. I, I don't know that it was a, a great fit for him. And, uh, I mean, he was subbed off in the 60 or 70th minute or something like that. So, uh, final, right. final question, uh, in, in this bracket, uh, Joe Pilgrim says, um, does De Gea's performance this weekend, uh, cement his place as the must have goalkeeper this year? What do you think? Yeah, I guess I touched upon this earlier in, in guys I'm going to keep in my team all season and yeah, De Gea's performance against Arsenal was otherworldly. You, you, we, we, as Americans, we talk often about Tim Howard against Belgium in the last world cup where he made 15 saves. Um, and those were much easier saves than the ones De Gea was making against Arsenal. Right. Um, as an I'm FPL, gonna, yeah. op, as an FPL option, you, you, there is, you know, competing theories about, um, paying too much for a goalkeeper. And I think De Gea is given all the rotation and injury we've seen with the Manchester United defense, De Gea is the one gr- easy um, route into that those clean sheets. Yeah, if you can afford him, get him. I'm gonna I'm gonna punt in this question right now because I, I don't I, I feel like I don't I don't know what to do with my goalkeeping situation. I've got Fabianski and Elliot. Elliot looks like he's probably gonna lose his spot. I mean, Darlow actually played played pretty well in the. Uh, um, the, I, I didn't actually watch the midweek game uh, for Newcastle, but I, I did watch the, the Chelsea Newcastle match, and I thought he quitted himself very well. I'd be surprised if he if he lost his job after that performance. Um, so yeah, the player that I would like to have in my squad right now, if I could, is uh, Jordan Pickford, who um, has picked up two clean sheets in a row. Uh, just looks like a, a a good buy. He's down to four point eight million. I don't love him at five million, but at four point eight million, I really. I mean, you know, just the, I feel like with with a goalkeeper, it's like you want to just you want to get as close to a bargain as possible, and four point eight feels like a pretty decent value. Uh, Pope, I'm just worried about because I think that Heaton is starting to get back into training a little bit, and so I, I don't want to burn a because tra- if Elliot's a non-playing keeper for me, then I whoever I whoever I bring in needs to be someone I can keep until I play my second wild card, which might be for, you know 15, 20 weeks from now. Um, yeah, right now Heaton is projected to maybe be back by January one in the new year. Right, exactly. So I, I, if I brought in him, uh, Pope, I'd have to bring him pr- probably right back out in, in four or five weeks. So uh, yeah, right now I'm looking at uh, Pickford, who I could I could move from Fabianski. I know that there are people who who are fine with those Fabianski save points, but I've just it's been you know I, I just have not had any luck with Fabianski so far, except his five points in the Chelsea match at midweek. So. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to keep him for West Brom and then, uh, and then their home to Man City. I don't want him for that. <laughs> and, uh, I might, I might go, uh, Pickford, uh, Fabian's going to Pickford in game week 17. All right, Josh, that is the expensive bracket. We're going to take a quick break, uh, quickly run through some value options and preview game week 16. Perfect. Same old podcast, all 
Brandon, we're back. Before we go any further, we want to talk about our friends at Starting Eleven. Now, in last week's podcast, I talked about the fact that I was I was near unbeatable in Starting Eleven, which is a, a daily fantasy app where you get to uh, you pick you pick your team out of players that are playing that that very day, uh, and you're allowed uh, in-game substitutions. Um, you're allowed to uh, there's there's no budget on your team at all, uh, and so I said, you know, basically take me on. I can't be beat. I played 11 starting 11 contests with various people on Wednesday. I won two and lost nine. Uh, it was <laughs> it was complete disaster. Uh, I was destroyed in starting 11. I am I'm wow, you're all done in by your own hubris. I was done exactly. I set myself up for for it was a hubristic moment. Set myself set myself up. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. I was frantically moving through, trying to trying to you know patch up all the leaks in my various starting 11 squads. Uh, it was like. <laughs> Uh, you know, it was like a uh, Mickey Mouse in Fantasia, you know, with the, with the water. I was just like, it was just a, sure, was, all, all the dancing brooms. Exactly. I was playing 11 dancing brooms. And it was a total nightmare. <laughs> um, but it was, it was, it was a fun nightmare, Brandon. And, uh, <laughs> just like Fantasia, <laughs> just like Fantasia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I played, I, I played starting 11 this weekend as well. I had a few head to heads, one with a, a new player, FPL Wika, who managed to beat me. And, it is a lot of fun, like you're saying, the no-budget live in-game substitutions. But what I do love about starting 11 is I'm, I'm kind of a design-oriented person. Um, like, I do the artwork for the podcast and the website. And uh, starting 11 is beautiful. Just to look at it and to use the interface, the way your team looks uh, at the, on the in the pitch view, it's really beautiful. So check it out. You can download Starting 11 to your iPhone or your Android phone. Just go to starting11.io. That's starting11.io. There are links there that take you right to the, uh, the Apple Store or the, the Google Play Store where you can download the app or, or just search for it on, on those stores. And hit us up on direct message and challenge us or challenge your friends. You don't have to challenge me and Josh. Josh is, as we have discovered, can't win a single starting 11. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I stink, but well, I'll, I'll still play you, but <laughs> apparently I'm bad now. Uh, yeah. So, so definitely challenge us and um, yeah, go, go to uh, starting 11.io to, to learn more. And you, in fact, if you want to learn more, you can go to our SoundCloud page uh, where we have an interview with uh, Thomas Braun who's one of the co-founders of starting 11. That, that interview ran, I think back in August, uh, but it's 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 still there on our feed, and um, uh, yeah, it's it's a fun interview, and you learn a lot more about the uh, about the app there. So um, you ba- you basically figure out what Starting Eleven is all about, exactly. right there. Yeah. We can't explain it. <laughs> Thomas can. Explain it. All right, so so challenge the cheaters, and uh, good luck this weekend. Okay, Josh, it's time for value options. All right, we need to talk about the cheapies. Uh, we have a question here from Stephen Toomey. Has Gross run his course, or should we consider holding him as a fifth mid? So this is interesting to position a guy like Pascal Gross as a fifth mid. I mean, five point five. He'd be like my third. He'd be my third mid. I think. (laughs) Yeah, that that was actually one of the hardest decisions I've made this FPL season. Is actually dumping Gross, who performed really well for me through the early parts of the season, super consistent with his returns. 
So far, I haven't missed out on any points from Gross. Yeah, well, that, that, I, the three the three bonus points away to Man United was uh, was <laughs> one last finger in the eye. Yeah, <laughs> if I can, if I can count on anyone keeping tabs on the points I've missed out on. It's it's huge, Josh. That's true. So, sorry, am I in your case too much? I I'm just I'm just messing around. I'm sorry, Brian. No, I, it, it's all it's good banter. It's good okay. banter. All right, good, good. Um, so uh, it is an interesting question here, though. That uh, how do we predict a guy, particularly guys like Gross? How do we predict when it's time to jump off? Because I think we haven't seen the last of him. Yeah. It's a great question. I mean, it's one we could we could spend like a whole episode talking about. Um, I, <laughs> I'm just thinking I could like literally spend an hour talking about this very question because it's so important to, to playing well. Uh, you know, basically, when do you when do you give up on a player? I mean, I, I gave up on Lukaku a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think it helps if you're not don't do it in an emotional way. Right. I mean, I don't mean to take his, uh, Stephen's question about gross and run with it too much, but just, you know, look at the fi- at the very least, look at the fixtures before you before you drop, because, you know, I mean, if the fixtures are really important. I mean, you know, people are talking about dropping Richarlison now. Right. Why are they dropping Richarlison? Because he had a few difficult fixtures. Right, and so he wasn't able to perform the way that the way that he had against some of the easier teams that he played. Yeah, and, and guess what? Watford's fixtures look like coming up: Burnley, Palace, Huddersfield, Brighton, Leicester, Swansea. Exactly, uh, and then they get they get hit by Manchester City at the start of the new year. Yeah, but yeah, um, most attacking Brighton, players don't do well against Man United and Spurs, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, is, if I had Gross, he'd be a he'd be a fourth tier midfielder for me. Or that that's where he landed for me uh, in my midfield. And ultimately, I think Loftus Cheek at four point five. That's that's just a nailed on fifth midfielder for for any manager right. out there. I played him as a fourth the next few weeks, and he's been pretty good in that role. Yeah, I mean, if, if I wish he weren't so good, Loftus Cheek, because if he wasn't so good, I would have played Calvert Lewin this week. Yeah, I do, you know, I do wonder if ultimately they have to, uh, if they have to move. Like, I, I wonder if Benteke just shouldn't be starting. Uh, I agree. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah, the, the Crystal Palace attack looked better without him in it, and now that he. Now you know because Loftus Cheek has had to move back. Basically, he's had to like basically like move back one spot in the in the formation and uh, Benteke is, I think he's past his prime maybe. Yeah. Is that too much? I agree. Is that too bold? I don't think it is. Sorry. It's no. Not, sorry, no, Christian. No, no. All right. Next question is actually about uh, Sané, which he's, you know, he, he's an expensive value option. And, yeah, and he's, Gibber- he's like the most expensive value option, but he you know, started <laughs> the season 8.5, which I think is, that's almost the value bracket. It's right in the middle. Oh, for sure. Uh, Gibran Chata asks, Sané blanked in the last three games running, hasn't scored in five games. Granted, he didn't play one, and his underlying stance, stats haven't looked that great. Is it time to ship him out for someone sub-8-ish to free up funds? Yeah, this is really where the Paul Pogba not uh, – the Paul Pogba red card really hurts because that, yeah. that, that's just like a really nice, easy move to make. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, Aaron Ramsey actually might be an interesting option there. I mean you could take – Assuming you want to drop Sané, which I actually think – I mean, I don't know. Why don't you answer this question because you've got Sané in your squad. What yeah, it, I am concerned that Sané is – is you know, he's great for Pep because he provides width. But he has been providing like so much width. He is like touching that that uh, <laughs> that left side yeah. through the entire game. Yeah. His activity in the box is, is really diminishing, particularly if you compare him to a guy like Raheem Sterling who – like you've mentioned in previous episodes, is almost like a second striker at some points. Right. 
And uh, it, it seems like he, Sané is playing wider, and yeah, it, it doesn't feel great. I'm looking to dump Sané pretty soon. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I wonder, he runs out of steam a little bit too, I think. He, I thought he looked really good the first 30 minutes of this match, and uh, I thought he faded a little bit. I don't know if that's because he was still recovering from the flu, if that's what he actually had. I yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, I mean, his, yeah. his one move, his one move is to lay it off to Silva or whoever it is, and then he runs in behind the yes. defense. Yes, and and they slot it in. But these teams now are playing so insanely deep <laughs> against Manchester City. There's no space for him to run behind. Yeah, and it seems like Sterling is a little better at playing at the margins, and he kind of sneaks in a little bit. I mean, everyone knows what Sane is doing now. Right. I mean, his his like you're right. I mean, his his play it off to Silva and run and move is is the equivalent of Mares's cutback and and like shoot it outside the box like on his left foot. Right. Yeah. It's or like, Aaron Robin or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Like everyone everyone knew what the Mares move was. So that when, it, when he started when he tried to do it again the next, it's like Karate Kid too. You know, you do the crane <laughs> that first first movie. Second movie, yeah. he does the crane, just gets swatted away. Right. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't work anymore. That's true. Yeah, Sonny needs a new move. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question is from Marcel Kreis. Any under 8 million pound midfielder recommendations replacing Pogba for the next three game weeks? Uh, so we've mentioned Ramsey, of course, Josh, but here are some other suggestions from Marcel. What do you think about Sigurdsson or Richarlson, Fabregas or Wilfred Zaha? So we talked a bit about Crystal Palace, we didn't mention Will Zaha. Right. I would I would put Fabregas at the um, the lowest of all these players. Uh, I guess, uh, yeah, I think I would go Ramsey, Richarlison. Um, you know, Sigurdsson is interesting. I mean, I, I actually – it does kind of seem like Sam Allardyce might be able to get the most out of him. I I don't know. I mean, I he is an intriguing option. We haven't really talked about Everton too much in this podcast, but um, we'll save that for next week maybe. But he's um, – you know, he's eight million though. It's a bit. It's a bit pricey. It's you know for a player who's about to play away yeah. at Liverpool. I, the fixtures are pretty good in the in the future, but um, he's still only looking at two goals and two assists on the season. Now, granted, those two goals and two assists have come in the last four matches. Uh, uh, we did. We yeah, didn't even mention the the goal that Sigurdsson scored. That was the cheeky assist from DCL. Incredible goal, which hit the crossbar in both posts. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was. I mean, couldn't could, could Everton have been scoring the most like YouTubeable goals of recent memory. That the Wayne Wayne Rooney's midfield shot was you know, amazing. It's a shame that goal happened at midweek because no one, it just it didn't get talked about as much as it should have really because that is yeah, that it, is an absolutely ridiculous goal. Yeah. So uh, I mean, Fabregas is. I assume he's at the bottom of the list solely because we're all looking at Hazard, and why would we be making room for? Two? Uh, it's just he's a deep lying player. I mean, you know, you're you're not going to get a lot of goals out of him. I mean, all of these players will get you more goals than he will. Uh, he's he's you know in his 30s now. He's he's you know he's not a every single game week player, and I don't think he will be over the holidays. I think he's got to be rested more than more than most. Uh, so, I mean, I'd rather have, I, I'm just saying I'd rather have Zaha even than, than Fabregas. Okay. So yeah, Richarlson, you've not owned Richarlson this season. How close have. have you got? Oh, you have. Yeah. I had him for three weeks. Um, I had him from, I think game weeks, I had game, game weeks, maybe two, three and four. 
Uh, and then I dropped him when I wildcarded in game week five or six. So okay. I, 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 his run, he had a run of three blanks in a row, uh, which coincided with him being in my team. Uh, and then he went on this amazing run basically as soon as I wildcarded him out. And it was just like he was like a million more than Chopa Moting. There's just no way to bring him back. And so, you know, it happens. All right, two more value questions, then we're going to do our Game Week 16 preview. Next one is from Yoking Grove Rolled. It seems like the bottomless pool of cheap point-scoring defenders like Kiko and Ben Mee has gone somewhat dry. Where to look now? Are we looking at Crystal Palace, West Bromwich Albion? Interesting question. So we've got yeah. a fixture pile up. We're going to need some nailed-on starters that we might be able to get a handful of clean sheets out of uh, during the festive fixtures which value teams are we targeting josh yeah i like there was uh, yeah i'll have to apologize to somebody on a recent podcast said um uh i just transferred in uh mamadou sako did i make a good move and both of us were like no nah, not really no i said <laughs> I, I i claimed oh, it was great business did you okay i was i was a little more on the fence uh maybe because they hadn't kept a clean sheet uh well it, entire yeah. season uh but, it was coupled with the fact that they had dropped cedric suarez who coincidentally went off injured but um had looked it looked right. terrible so he has a uh game-winning goal and uh two two back-to-back clean sheets and uh he has eight bonus points in the last three games uh, he's 4.9 million still a bit expensive for a crystal palace defender in my opinion uh yeah. but they're looking a lot better, and uh, they play they play Bournemouth and Watford on uh, their next two home matches. Um, I think that uh, you got to give Roy Hodgson a lot of credit. I mean, they've it's really turned the season around for them. Um, I mean, they're not scoring as much as they should, but i i would I would assume now that they're going to stay up this season. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think they've got the tools to do it, the players to do it. They'll they'll be fine. Um, I, it's it's hard to find any other value defense. That's why I ended up with double Burnley. I mean, uh, Ben Mee and Tarkovsky both. I I got them in when they were at four point five. They've both priced. I think Tarkovsky is four point six now, and Mee is four point seven. But still, it, you do want to diversify a little bit more than that. But right. ha- already having Shane Duffy, I just don't. I don't look at Watford. We could talk about Watford. I don't look at Watford. They have. Good attacking wingers, but they're they're not a good shot for a clean sheet ever. They're kind of terrible at defense. It's yeah, it's it's a, it's. I really just don't know um, if there is a lot of value outside of Burnley. Um, yeah, I mean, you can take a punt on one of these Crystal Palace guys. Um, I, the Pardew the Pardew appointment is probably the worst thing that could have happened to FBL managers who <laughs> own West Brom defenders right. because Pardew not not renowned for his defensive stability. What about John Joe Kenny? He's played uh, started the last seven matches, uh, picked up an assist in game week fourteen. Uh, he's four point three million. Uh, you know, he's an Everton youth player. Um, he came through the ranks. I, Still has the starting spot for now. Um, I guess he's – is he just a straight – no, yeah, because he's, he's playing over – because Baines and he were playing together. It's not – he's not just a – I apologize. I don't know Everton's, like, backline as well as I should, maybe. It's, it's, it's yeah. much less settled than it used to be in years past. Yeah. I, I think we can say about Kenny, too, that Unsworth being – was just a huge fan having a connection to the the academy. Right. 
Uh, I don't know if his starts were were sort of inflated because Unsworth really liked him. Possibly, but he did start the first match under Allardyce, so that's that's a good sign. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, you know Keen is Keen is an interesting option too, uh, but he's very expensive at five point three million. I think I think Pickford is the uh, the only player I'd really look at in that. Everton back. Maybe Kenny. I mean, what what the hell? I've got I've got <laughs> Bemba doing nothing for me. So and Bemba to uh, Kenny. I guess I do that over uh, any of the other defensive moves I've looked at. Yeah, yeah, and 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 again, don't overlook Brighton. I mean, uh, Shane Duffy is due do a few more attacking returns. I mean, just look at him getting a penalty uh, call in the box against Liverpool. Yeah. So. Uh, it, yeah, I mean the dunk. Do we think Dunk can keep getting own goals? This can't. It can't keep happening, right? I, I would find it entertaining. <laughs> yeah, I mean back to back. Oh, it's just I feel bad for him. Uh, All right, speaking of Brighton, Josh, we yeah. have one last question. All right, Mike Mulcahy on Twitter asks: Is Glenn Murray a viable option? He seems to get a lot of touches in the box, plus takes PKs. This guy continues to score goals. What do you What do you think about Glenn Murray? <laughs> I don't know. I I guess he is. I. Five goals in the season. I mean, he just went three matches without scoring a goal. Now, granted, they were, you know, I mean, two of those were pretty good matches. They were home to Stoke, home to Crystal Palace. Uh, it helps that he's on pens. Uh, it seems like they have been winning a lot of pens, as you just mentioned. So, uh, yeah, I mean, do you like him more than, like, Charlie Austin? No way. Um, well, I, yeah. I don't mean to underline that. Um, I like Austin better just because I think – there's more behind Charlie Austin. I think he'll have more opportunities. Uh, and, well, rotation is an interesting question here. Austin will almost assuredly be rotated during the fixture pileup, as will Glenn Murray. He'll probably miss one. What would you predict? Maybe Murray doesn't misses out on one, maybe two starts? Yeah, maybe so. I mean, Brighton just can't afford to rest any of their top players. Yeah, the ceiling seems much higher for Charlie Austin than it does for Glenn Murray. It it does feel much more unsustainable with Murray. We've seen Charlie Austin string together goal streaks in seasons past. We know what he's capable yeah. of. Wish Glenn Murray, this I is kind of wish the were better. That's the only you know Arsenal, Chelsea, Spurs, Man United, and yeah, or the next six. But here's where we're here's where we're at. We're talking about guys like Murray uh, and Dominic Calvert Lewin, even like talking about Tammy Abraham again. These are guys that are gonna rotate in and out of your squad depending on what formation you're playing, what the fixtures look like. You don't have, you can bring Glenn Murray in and you don't have to play him every week. Yeah, exactly. It's sometimes it's almost worth bringing in a player who's who's just who you don't want to start every week. You know, <laughs> there's probably a temptation with him just to start him, but if you, you know, commit yourself to the four four two or to the three five to you know the three five two, um, and just and just don't play those players. You know, don't get in that trap of just feeling like you've got to start three forwards. Yeah, exactly. All right, that's 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 the questions for this week, Brandon. Game week sixteen, uh, we, we get a few days off, rest, recharge the batteries. Um, they're all. It's just a. It's a. It's a real. It's a. It's an old school game week, Brandon. There's just games on Saturday and Sunday. Wow. Yeah, it's an early game on Saturday, and uh, oh, Chelsea had the early match again on Saturday. That's surprising. I know, and the, <laughs> that's that's really unfair to people who want to captain Chelsea players. I mean, yeah, it definitely worked out for Marotta and Hazard captainers this week, but it's no fun having your armband play. Uh, so early you've yeah. got the rest of the weekend to, yeah. to not have that yeah fun. and they play champions like in midweek too so that's that's a little surprising so uh yeah captain options i think um you know Murata and uh hazard 
uh, in that West Ham game. I think that uh, Harry Kane has to be on the table, obviously. Uh, I mean, you can't. Yeah, Harry Kane's Harry Kane's my vice captain right now. Right. Uh, that's yeah, reasonable. Um, I may end up captaining him ultimately. I may talk myself into it. Uh, it does make some sense, uh, obviously. Uh, Liverpool uh, host uh, Everton on Sunday. That would have the benefit of. It's always nice if you can captain a player the next day. You know, you get yeah. you get that you get Saturday, and you're like, <laughs> no matter what happens on Saturday, I got my captain going tomorrow. Uh, and then we got the Manchester Derby on uh, uh, the late game on Sunday. Any predictions for the Man- Manchester Derby? What do you think? It's Man U's at home. Yeah. Um, the loss of Pogba, you just you can't overstate what the what that impact is on United. Um, I am thinking back to the City Liverpool game earlier this season, which was hampered by Mane going off with a red card. Uh, by sticking his cleat into uh, Ederson's face earlier in the match, sure. But I, I, I'm, I have a sense that Manchester City are just going to take this game by the scruff of the neck early on and run away with it. Well, I, it'll be interesting to see. I, I wonder if, if you know, Mourinho see that Mourinho really needs to win this game. Uh, well, the, the problem is he, he needs to win the game, but he really can't lose it. Um, if he loses it, they're down 11 points and, uh, that's, it's very hard to come back from eight points is not too much. This, this, I don't know. Is three points yeah. that big of a difference? It feels like a lot right now. I mean, eight seems like a lot. So, um, I, I, I can't Play. see him playing a super attacking style, even at home, which would, you know, play in front of the home up. fans. They're, they're going to want to see their team attack. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's such a hard one to call. It it's, is. I'm yeah. really excited for the match. I'm bummed that Pog was going to miss out. That would have been. Uh, great to see a full strength Manchester United take on City, but City wins by at least a two goal margin. That's my prediction. Okay, yeah, I I think the City win as well. Uh, I, I I guess I'll say another two one. It feels like City have been playing a lot of two one matches of late. So um, that's my pick, and uh, I'm excited about. This. It's actually a really good game week. There's lots of interesting fixtures coming up. Uh, uh, yeah, that Spurs Stoke game will be a really telling moment. I think. Uh, you know, if Kane blinks there, maybe maybe we have to reconsider things a little bit. I mean, how many times can can? <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. If he blinks there, we we've been reconsidering know. this. You know, ad, ad nauseum. I guess you said it when you said there's just no other options, right? There's no like. I guess Aguero. I need, I don't think either of us really consider bringing in Aguero, but maybe he's maybe he's on the table. I don't know. Well, we 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 both have the armband on our bus teams on on Mohamed Salah right now. We right, we right. we can't just gloss over the Merseyside Derby here. I mean, Big Sam is known for uh, a sort of a, a shrewd sure. defensive Tighten, style when he when up. he needs to be organization. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and and they're going to Anfield. That that'd probably be how they set up. Uh, but uh, I mean, how many goals do you think Liverpool are going to score on Everton? <laughs> I don't know. Everton have been playing better. Uh, I think that's closer than you think it's going to be. I'll, I'll, it's like a two nil game, maybe. Okay. I mean, that's that's still captaincy territory. Sure, sure. I just, I really feel like I might have to captain Harry Kane at home to Stoke. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's tricky. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to. Uh, I'm not calling you out as uh, as like a doofus or something right. like that. How it's about just this? Like the, if Chelsea were the last match, uh, if the, if the whole run of fixtures took place and Chelsea played after the Manchester's derby and they played this 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 West Ham game, I think yeah. I'd be more inclined to captain his art. It's like my, mentally, it's like there's a hurdle for me to overcome. 
where it's like it's the first match of the weekend and there are just all of these really tempting captain <laughs> captaincy options that come like through every other match and yeah it's just it's hard to have kind of an emotional response to that and be like just you know i don't know like yeah you always want to captain the player you think is going to score the most points but uh it's it's very tough when it's the uh, the first fixture yeah, well, as, as some people like to point out that our podcast always comes out before the midweek fixtures, like if there's Champions League. But we do trust that our listeners have brains and they can take what we say now and apply it to what the situation looks like after the Champions League fixtures yeah, are played. Totally, exactly. So, yeah. so yeah. I would say to everyone listening who who might still be listening to Always Cheating, just wait, wait until Chelsea play their Champions League fixture. Maybe Hazard, um, I mean, maybe he breaks his leg. Uh, God forbid, or maybe he gets subbed off at the 66 minute. He's starting to look a lot better as a as a nailed on starter captain option. Yep, I think that I think that all makes sense. Uh, yeah, we'll see if he even plays. I mean, they don't really they don't need to win that match. I don't think. I think they're already. I think they've already won their group. Maybe they need a point. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. it's the game against West Ham is a great opportunity for teams like Chelsea. If say United takes City to a nil-nil draw, all these teams like like Chelsea and Arsenal and and Burnley, of course, looking to close the gap. This is the weekend to do it. Yeah, and yeah, Burnley is an interesting case because they they they've fallen a little bit off, right? Just the la- the last couple of matches. So let's see. Yeah, reverting to form a bit. Yeah, exactly. They're still they're still in seventh place. So um, maybe, maybe it's really just that they've conceded goals the last two matches, and I think we all sort of got used to them being a team that never conceded goals. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, they still have three wins in their last five. So um, yeah, Burnley, well, you're, you're going to get a little pass for one week, but let's you might be on the docket for next week's discussion. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> all right. Okay. So uh, more more discussion to be had uh, about captains. Where can people discuss? captain and other issues about game week 16 online with us josh people can discuss it uh in lots of different places they can find us on uh well now they can find us on slack uh in which case you just need to become a patreon supporter um at the three dollar or five dollar level you go to patreon.com slash always cheating uh you can also of course find us on twitter uh that's twitter.com slash hail cheaters uh you know twitter is still our our that that's our our biggest social space. That's where the, we're the most active for sure. Um, and uh, facebook.com slash always cheating. Uh, you can also email us hailcheaters at gmail.com. Yeah, and sign up for cheat codes, our new weekly e newsletter. You're gonna if you sign up, you can go to alwayscheating.com. There's a form right there to throw your email into, or just click the newsletter tab. We will actually have our 11 players picked for game week 16, and we'll have to come to some consensus in that 11, Josh, who our over, yeah. overwhelming captaincy choice is going to be. And unlike, so, unlike the scout, we're just going to pick anybody we want, and we're not going to even pretend that we're doing a $100 million budget. This is, this is going to be our the ultimate lineup for each week. Yeah, cheat code. Sign up. Go to alwayscheating.com and get that newsletter. It's free. All right. Uh, And, of course, uh, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we were talking to Rick Sito about the wonderful review he left for our podcast on the iTunes Store. And if you want to be like Rick, like I do, go leave us a nice review at the iTunes Store. Yeah, we liked Rick. He was a good guy. And he left a good review. Even before, we didn't make him write it while he was with us. He'd written it before (laughs) before we ever met him. Uh, So, yeah, yeah, definitely uh, check it out. And if you're so inclined, write us a review. Um, Other than that, good luck this weekend. Uh, We'll see no injuries in the Champions League. And uh, we'll see you next week.
Poku forever. Praise and Bacani.